Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. You have tuned in to the after episode of a before and after birth story. My guest today is a nutritionist and founder of medicinal mushroom focused company, Fun Girl. She, last time we spoke to her, was incredibly pregnant with her first child, and now she's incredibly not pregnant with her first child. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Isabel Azar, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. Um, I don't know anything about your birth story other than that you had a baby, and I'm excited to hear all the little details of it. Yeah. Let's start here, because, I mean, I always say this, like, when I introduce, oh, she's really, really pregnant, could have the baby any minute. You were very at the end. Like, where in your timeline did things start on your, like, 40, 42-week calendar? So when we spoke, I was 40 weeks. I can't remember exactly, like, 40 weeks and how many days. But things started for me, I think, at the 40-week and three-day mark. Okay, so we literally were just a few days before. Yeah. I think it was a day after we spoke, actually, when Mm. things started. Oh, excellent. So uh, with the magic of podcasting, it's like the cooking shows. They put it in the top oven, and they immediately open in the bottom oven, and it's fully cooked. So your birth was that simple. So, okay, how did things start? It was so not simple. Oh, man, it was a journey. I started just having little, like, signs and symptoms, like losing a bit of my mucus plug, and the Braxton Hicks were getting stronger. But it was on Tuesday. I woke up on Tuesday morning, and I felt like I'd woken up, like, in a bit of, like, a puddle. (laughs) I hadn't peed myself. Okay. <laughs> so I was texting my midwife. I was like, I think my water maybe just broke, but it doesn't feel like a lot. I'm not sure what to expect because I haven't done this before. And she was like, it was probably just like probably a bit of a hind leak, like see how you go throughout the day. I have hind leaks all the time. <laughs> not good. Okay. <laughs> so I had a totally normal day. I like I went and got a pedicure with my mom. We went for lunch. We went shopping, like I had two of my good friends come over for dinner that night. Like it was a normal day. And like throughout the day, I was still having like a little bit of cramping and the leaking was still happening. Can I ask Uh, you a question about your mucus plug? mm -hmm. What did it look like? It was just like, well, there was a little bit of blood, but not really. It was more just like clear kind of mucus looking. Goopy? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. But it was like clear and it looked like stringy. Like Okay. So we're like, oh, did you know what it was going to look like? I've seen pictures of various mucus plugs, so I didn't yeah. know what to expect. I have posters uh, all over my bedroom. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's nature's art. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's a really beautiful bedroom environment. <laughs> I'm picturing like my college dorm room. <laughs> yeah, just oh, wow. posters. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, what's that, dude? Uh, you don't want to know. Don't worry about it. No. Um, so I knew what it was, but like it was only little bits of it. You know, some people, they lose the whole thing, it seems like. I didn't have that. It was just like little bits here and there with the leaking. Okay. So it wasn't like anything was like, oh, it's go time. It was more gradual. So then my friends left our house after dinner that night and my husband and I we're like, okay, my contractions are getting stronger. Like, let's just try and relax, watch a movie, had a little wine, put on a funny movie. I was like, maybe we'll just laugh the baby out. <laughs> so naive of me. 
<laughs> yeah, that night I was just having contractions all night and I was basically just trying to rest in between. But there's only so much rest you can get in between a contraction. It's like, oh, I'm going to have a micro sleep for like five, six, ten minutes. Can you describe what those contractions were feeling like at that point? It was just like this band that was tightening around my lower belly, like below my belly button. It was just okay. this surge would come on. It was like the whole band would, would like really constrict, like a really intense period pain. And then oh. it would ease after a little. Okay. I mean, now you have your whole scale, but on a scale of one to 10, how intense would you say 10 being the most? Um, it was probably about a five or a six. Okay. So tolerable? Like what would you do when that would happen? Yeah, it, it was tolerable. Like in between each contraction, I could walk around and do my thing. And then when it would come on, I'd have to stop just like brace myself. If I had a wall near me, I just like lean on the wall and I would just like breathe into it. They were like stopping me in my tracks. Okay. At that point, is that exciting to you? Like, Ooh, this is happening. Or is it like mm, unsettling because something you never really felt before? Oh no. I felt like it was happening. I was like, I'm going to give birth tonight, this morning at some point in the next game on. Yeah. I thought it was game <laughs> on. <laughs> is this going all through the night? This is all night. I remember looking at the clock and it was 11, 11. And my contractions were like pretty strong and regular by that point. And that happened all night. It was like that until the morning. And then it was interesting. As soon as the sun started to come up, the contractions started to settle down. So they got way longer. They became longer apart. They were like every 30 minutes now. And I was texting my midwife the whole time and she was um, telling me that it's quite common that that can happen. Like when the sun comes up, your hormones just relax a little mm -hmm. and the labor will slow down. It does seem somehow tied into the night day cycle. Yeah. I mean, when everybody talks about it in relation to the moon, which is nighttime and also just at a time where you generally feel more safe and relaxed, I think. Mm -hmm. And so your body can push things forward not everybody everyone's got their own pattern but that seems to be pretty prevalent so does that afford you the opportunity to get some rest yeah i got a little bit of rest which is really nice my contractions are about 30 minutes apart like most of the day so i was getting some naps in between but you know when i was lying on my side that's when my contractions were the most intense which is really annoying because I wanted to rest so badly. But every time I lay on my side, they were so much more intense than any other position. Huh. So what would you do? I was walking around and moving on all fours, just trying to stay somewhat active. But then when I was trying to rest, I just had to kind of rally and like get through them. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just wonder if like either like a semi-reclining or sitting in one of those lazy chairs, something like that. Mm -hmm. You didn't have the uh, option. You just powered through your intense sideline. <laughs> just about, I mean, I can't remember if I tried a semi-reclining position. I'm sure I did on the couch or something. Mm -hmm. But I just remember them being more intense when I lay down. So it kind of deterred me from wanting to actually lie down. Okay. It's hard. And at this point, the only presence is you and your partner? Yeah, it was just me and my husband. And also your doula assistant, Bubba, the Morky. 
Of course, he was there the whole time. I mean, did he have a reaction to you being in labor? He was really chill. He was honestly such a sweet little pup that entire labor. There was a lot of it. <laughs> and he <laughs> was by my side, really sweet and calm, like didn't make a peep. He was an angel. Mm, well, they all react so differently. It's interesting. I know, I'm sure. Okay, so this whole thing started Tuesday night when you had a hind leak and, you know, felt like you wet yourself. Mm -hmm. And we're having little strings of mucus blood coming out. And then contractions all night. And then in the morning, they space out. So now it's Wednesday and they're spaced out and you're walking around being active, trying to get a little rest. Mm -hmm. Anything change over the day? No, things didn't change until that night, until things got dark. Oh, like dark outside or dark in your story? <laughs> dark outside. Oh, okay, okay, fine. I was like, that was uh, ominous, you know, Halloween. Okay, so I did have one question. Are you still losing fluid? Yes. And, and I was still just having like a little bit of leakage and little bits of mucus and blood like the whole day. Little drops yeah. of blood, not like soaking through pads of blood. No, I was definitely not like soaking anything through. It was just like okay. little bits here little and there. Bits. Okay. All right. Great. Then things get dark outside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's maybe take a little break and then we're going to find out what happened after dark. We'll be right back with Isabella Lazar. <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Isabella Czar. And labor, you thought it was going to be quick. It was not quick, I can tell already, because a full day has gone by. What happens when it gets dark? Okay, so it got dark, and my contractions by like 10.30 went out a minute long, so three minutes apart. So they were happening. And it was still just me and my husband at this point. I really just wanted and to have, and Morky, I really wanted to have just this sacred space to kind of lean into the intensity without having anyone around watching, waiting. Oh, so it's by design. And, it's just uh, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to call anyone until I felt like I really needed them and it was go time. So that time actually was really special. It was really nice just to have the two of us three of us but by 1 a.m thursday morning that's when i called my mom who's also my doula she came over and then text my midwife katie and she arrived about 1 30. so we had the whole team there at that point and the pool was up it was 
partially filled and we were just like all ready to go. And my contractions were super strong, super regular. I was trying all the positions. Trying them for what? Just trying to progress. Like I was having these regular strong contractions and I was pushing, but the baby wasn't coming down far enough. So does this mean your midwife checked you already? She didn't check me. So are you just pushing on instinct? Yeah. Yeah. So she likes to go off reading the situation, like where I'm at and how my contractions are and everything that comes with that. So I was just pushing on instinct. It kind of got to the point where I was like, I feel like I need to push. Like I got that urge. So I was pushing into it. With the proverbial rectal pressure that everyone talks about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much had that. So this is one thirty in the morning? Yeah, this is one thirty on Thursday. You started the whole thing on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. You went to Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is Wednesday night slash very early Thursday morning. Yes, yes. Like 28 hours or something like that into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you said that the surges were closer together and lasting a bit longer. Were they more intense? They were more intense, for sure. Same sensation just on steroids, or was it like different sensation entirely? It was different in that the um, constricting feeling, like it felt like the surges were more of my tummy as opposed to just that lower part. Like they had spread to further up my stomach. Okay. Like my whole tummy was like contracting. Okay. Because before you said kind of belly button down now, like your whole uterus all the way up to underneath your ribs. Yeah. Yeah. But still all in the front. I had a little in the back, but not a ton. Okay. What kind of things were you doing for comfort? I was in the tub at one stage, which felt really nice, but I felt like it was actually slowing things down for me because it felt too nice to be in there. And I just felt like it was slowing them down. So I actually, I didn't stay in the tub for long. Okay. Was that before midwife came? No, that was once midwife was there. there. So before that, were there any other comfort measures? I would basically, uh, for comfort, I would hang off my husband. Okay. And he would squeeze my hips. And that felt really nice. Just applying like some even pressure on my hips or even on my lower back, like around my tailbone. Mm -hmm. That helped. I also was using, doing the comb trick, which was. In your hand? Yeah. So you have the little tips in like the line where your fingers and your palm meet and squeeze into that. And I actually really liked that. It just took my mind off the pain happening anywhere else in my body. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I've heard a few people now say that I haven't really seen it in practice, but for a few people say it was very helpful. Yeah. I definitely recommend the comb trick. I mean, it's such like an easy thing to do and it definitely helps. (laughs) Yeah, I do the honeycomb trick. I just eat <laughs> cereal with sugar. It helps. It definitely helps. I'm sure. All right. So those are your comfort measures. You got the comb trick. You got your partner. I am curious. Were there any mushrooms involved at any point? You know what? There were no mushrooms. I can't believe it. Okay. I couldn't stomach anything. Oh, you couldn't eat anything. It wasn't uh-huh. a, fun, a fun birth. 
<laughs> so there's that and then what music were you listening to what kind of things oh i had a playlist which was really nice it was a whole mix i had fleetwood mac um i can't even think i'm blanking but okay. it was a nice one it wasn't too chanty meditation music it was a little more upbeat it was just mm-hmm. music that made me happy that's great yeah music that generally makes you happy Yes, and exactly. And you happy in the moment. I can kind of, you're setting a good scene here. Yeah, no, it was like, the setup it. was beautiful. Like, the music actually was really nice because when a more upbeat song came on, I actually tried to just kind of, like, dance through the contractions a bit as well, mm-hmm. which was good. I just moved my hips side to side or in circles. That but felt was, good? Yeah, it did feel good. You didn't end up sitting on the toilet for a long time like people do? I did. I tried sitting on the toilet. Were you facing normal or were you facing the other way? I was facing normal. Mm. I think I tried the other way, but I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So I faced normal. Okay. Well, did that give you any sense of like more opening? People sit on there because you're used to opening up. Honestly, not really. No. Okay. We tried that and the birthing stool. Yeah. And neither of them felt like they helped a ton. Hmm. One thing that we did do was the peanut bowl. Oh, yeah. Like Laying a in bed? Torture. <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> but it was excruciating. It really was me. It for you're, me wait, it was. So you're like in bed laying on your side with the peanut bowl between your legs? Yeah. Katie was like, do 15 minutes each side. I did 15 minutes on one side and then about three on the other. I was like, I physically cannot. It was too much for me. It was a lot. Hmm. So at this stage, Thursday, like early morning, we're doing all the tricks. It was just a whole night of that, basically. And then same thing happened as the night before, like the sun started to come up and things slowed down a little bit, but not a ton, but Katie was basically giving me like all her midwife tricks. So I had my breast pump on. I was oh, wow. Walking, walking around the house. I started taking a certain herb every 30 minutes. I'd have a dropper of this herb. I was doing the side steps. That really helped. Every time I did like the curb walking, that definitely like brought on a really strong surge. Oh, really? But it was just like, another day of intense active labor and she still was not progressing i wasn't progressing so it kind of sounds like a much more intense version of you're stepping on the gas the engine's revving but the gears aren't engaged yes exactly Hmm. exactly that seems frustrating it was i remember in the moment Well, this was a Thursday during the day. I remember just feeling so disheartened because I'd done so much work already and I was becoming really, really exhausted. I couldn't sleep. And then my husband came to me and he was like, we need to get this baby out. He's like, I'm going to help you in every way I can. And he was incredible. Like (sighs) he was the best birth partner. I, I honestly like could not have gone through this without him. But he just like put a pep in my step and he was like, okay, let's do the pumps. Let's do the herbs. Let's walk around. Like he just got me doing all the things to try and 
bring on those contractions even stronger to get things going. Cause that's what I needed. I just like needed to like kick into another gear that I wasn't getting to. So yeah. he was just like, let's go. So that whole day, Thursday, we were doing all the tricks. And then, I mean, it went into the evening again and it was about 1 a.m. And I was in the bedroom at this point. I had my whole team with me and I was lying on my side. Aaron was holding up my top leg and I was pushing in that position. And I felt like I was making progress like that. And then I just wasn't like I could reach down. Katie, she said to me, she's like, see if you can feel the baby. And I could, I could feel the baby's head. With your fingers from the outside? Yeah. Yeah. I put my fingers inside of me and I could feel her in there, but she was still like two inches up. Like she wasn't quite far enough down. Did you do that during a push? Yeah, it was during a push. She said, just put your fingers in. And then a contraction came and then I could feel. It seems like sometimes that gives the person a little more perspective. Like if you can feel what the baby's doing in relation to your push. Okay, well, this is not the quick birth you were hoping for. I mean, it seems like you must have had to reheat the water in your tub. We definitely (laughs) had to reheat the water a few times. A couple of times here. Yeah. Is there, I guess, two things. One is, are you still leaking fluid and stuff? Did your water break at any point? No, so I was still leaking fluid. And at this point, before I felt the baby's head, my midwife, she checked me and she could actually feel my bag, not the baby's head. So she was like, okay, your bag is still intact. Like you're leaking. It's just a hind leak, but your bag is still there. So she just kept her fingers inside of me while I was going through a few surges and that pressure against the fingers basically burst the bag. So she didn't intervene, but she just applied a little pressure there for it to break. Okay, so this is after, because you said you kind of had one leg up, you sort of felt like you were progressing, but then you weren't. This is Mm -hmm. after that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So my other two things is, like, once she's in there, is she checking your cervix at all? Yes, so she was checking, and I was fully dilated. She could feel a little, like, lip of my cervix was kind of in the way, and she also felt that baby's head was posterior. Oh, I know the double curse, the dreaded lip and posterior baby. But yeah. were you feeling back labor? Because you had a really little mentioned bit. It. You know, I was feeling it more in my hips, oh. like, and that radiated to my back, like the back of my hips as well. But I wasn't having crazy back labor like some women experience. Mm. It really was like more in the front. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I'm exhausted. I'm going to take a little break. <laughs> I feel defeated. All right, let's take a little break. Uh, Obviously, the baby's out, so there's more to the story. We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. I had a Red Bull, so I can hear the rest of the story here. (laughs) Isabella is in labor. Started on a Tuesday night with some contractions, water breaking, not water breaking, water leaking, hind leak, and bits of mucus plug and blood. And that just continued all through the night. In the morning, it slowed down a little bit. Then at night, it picked up a lot. Then no progress. Now we're on 
Thursday night? Well, Thursday night slash Friday morning. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, you're 10 centimeters. You're trying all sorts of things to help your baby into your pelvis, and you find out two not great pieces of information. There's a cervical lip, a little piece of the cervix blocking the baby from coming through, and the baby skull is against your spine, bone on bone. All right. What happens next? We are... In that same position, the sideline position, because I felt like I was making the most progress like that. And I was just pushing and pushing and pushing. Like I was putting everything that I had left in my body into those pushes. But my eyes were literally starting to shut. Like I couldn't keep them open. I was so exhausted. Mm. I had barely slept. I had like two slices of apple in like the past three days. Oh, you glutton. (laughs) <laughs> I was just Two? Such a shell of a human. Ugh. It was a lot. Did it feel different after your water broke? It did. It felt more intense. Okay. But not more productive? Not really. Not really. And I think it's a combination of things like the position, the cervix, but also just me being so exhausted. Like, I don't think I had the energy behind the pushes that I really needed to bring her down out of gas. Yeah. I was so out of gas. No, I remember from the pre birth episode, you said, you know, it took you a minute to get behind home birth and then you did, but then, you know, along the way, I think normal natural fears bubbled up about this, that, or the other thing. And then you went in fairly excited, confident with a little bit of anxiousness, like everyone, but, I remember you saying distinctly, which I was sort of excited about for you, that, you know, you had processed a lot and you'd come around to the fact that maybe it'll happen at home, maybe it'll happen at the hospital, maybe it'll happen medicated, maybe it'll happen unmedicated, maybe it'll happen vaginally, maybe it'll happen by cesarean. It's going to happen the way it needs to happen. But your wish, your goal, your desire, if you can pick anything, would just be have an intimate birth setting at home surrounded by your Morky and a few other people. Yeah. Are there thoughts at this point of like, hmm, maybe I should go to the hospital? Oh my God, yes. I was having thoughts well before this. Okay. I I had moments where I was like, what am I doing? Like, why didn't I just go to the hospital and get an epidural? But they're just moments of weakness. You know, when you're going through something intense, it's only natural that those thoughts pop into your mind, but they're exactly that. They're just thoughts. So I allowed them to come in and then I allowed them to leave and I didn't think much more about them. Were you the only person having those thoughts? I was. And my husband, you know, when I voiced that, he would remind me like that this is ultimately like what I wanted to do and that I needed to stay strong. And he was really supportive. But at this point, it's about 2 a.m. or something in the morning after, you know, laboring since Tuesday night, I just said to everyone, cause everyone was with me at that point, like I physically don't have it in me. And I think I need to go to the hospital. I mean, personally, I was feeling a lot of guilt and disappointment and defeat in that moment. And I could tell that everyone around me as well, like everyone wanted me to have the bath that I ultimately wanted. So there was definitely a bit of disappointment amongst the bath team, but I think everyone knew that it was the right thing that they could see what I'd gone through and the state that I was in and that I was just physically too exhausted and mentally, and that I just needed relief and I needed to rest. Mm -hmm. 
So once I made that call, everyone was just like up and scrambling and getting all the things together. And Katie's on the phone to the hospital and she notified them that we were doing a home birth and that we're transferring. Yeah, exactly. So she was just getting everything lined up. I know you live very close to the hospital. Did you have a specific doctor? No, we didn't have a specific doctor lined up, but the doctor that I ended up getting, he was amazing. Okay. How was the uh, drive? (laughs) So interesting. (laughs) It was a lot. I was in the front seat, you know, facing the back, gripping my nails into the headrest. I thought I was going to puncture holes into that thing. My husband's driving. My mom's in the back. My midwife went in her own car. And there was just this silence in the car because it was just this intense period of trying to get somewhere. And then there was just me just going through the motions in the front, just, you know, the deep groans and the breathing. And as soon as we decided that I was going to the hospital, it was like everything unraveled. Like I felt like I became weak. Mm. So I couldn't stay strong for the contractions. Like I just felt everything the most intensely than I had. But also you're in a very confined space in a moving vehicle. Not ideal. I mean, not ideal. You know, on top of everything else, it's hard to focus, concentrate, feel strong and free and open in that environment. So when you got there, how was the handoff? It was great. It was quick. They got me in there. They had to check me. But you knew you were 10. Yeah, I knew I was 10, but it was just protocol. They had their baseline to work from. They administered the IV really quick, and then they got the epidural in. And that was all within like half an hour. It was quick, which was amazing. How was the epidural, the, both the placement and the effect? Placement was... All good. There are no issues. And it started to take effect within like 20 minutes. And it was just like, oh my God, everything started to ease. And I cannot tell you that like the feeling that I was experiencing was just so much relief. I so badly needed that. I fell asleep immediately. (laughs) As soon as they put me on the bed, They came out, the nurse put like three blankets straight from the dryer on me. They were so warm and toasty. I've never felt more comfortable in my life. I passed out for like six hours. Oh my goodness. I can't believe there were still six hours left here. (laughs) Still going. (laughs) Okay. So six hours later. Six hours later, I wake up in hospital. I wake up, I'm having contractions. Is it Friday afternoon now? It's Friday morning. It's about 9 a.m. now. So you went in the middle of the night? Yeah. I went in about 2.30, I think. Okay. Yeah. So I wake up. I'm not feeling the contractions, but I'm feeling the pressure. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize, like, with the epidural, you don't feel the intensity or the pain that comes with the surges, but you still feel the pressure. Would you say it's like you feel a muscle contracting and relaxing? Like, not painful, but the tightening and releasing um i guess that's what it is but i was i was feeling more like a pushing down kind of like into your pelvis yeah into my pelvis and like into my rectum as well like that whole area i was just feeling like a downward pressure every time i had one okay so (laughs) that was a good sign 
all that pressure through the epidural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, catheter? I assume you got a catheter too. I had the catheter, but I was asleep when they did that. I didn't oh, well, that's nice. feel a thing. Great. <laughs> my mom said she saw them start to get it ready to put it in, and she came over and held my hand, and I was just a zombie. You couldn't care less. I don't remember any of that. I was yeah. fully passed out. That's nice. Well, Isabella, this is what happens sometimes. The birth goes on for a long time, and three segments doesn't do it justice. Mm-hmm. So. I say we take one more little break and then find out the rest of the story. We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Believe it or not, we're still with Isabella. (laughs) And her labor when at home for a very long time. They went to the hospital Everything's fine. Epidural, six hours of sleep, and you wake up, and? And I felt like a whole new human being. (laughs) More energy. You had energy. More energy. I felt rested. I felt strong. I felt, like, motivated to get this done. Huh. Yeah, so I was having the contractions, and then my midwife arrived, and she could see me having the contractions, but, you know... Wait, they how walk- did your midwife get in there? Oh, the hospital midwife? No. Your midwife? midwife? Yeah. Wait a second. How'd you get extra people in there? I don't know, but I think it's because you can have family members in there. So I had my husband and my mom. They slept on the little pull-out sofa together. And then you were able to bring your midwife? <laughs> and then my midwife came the next, yeah, came I when think, I woke up. I think they lost track because right now the protocol is U plus two. That's what I thought, but I don't know. We got an extra one. Yeah, they probably didn't. Uh, whatever. Okay. Lucky for you. So then your midwife happen. came. She saw you having contractions, but you could see them on the monitor too, right? Yes. That's what I mean. They could see them oh. on the monitor, but they just needed to be a little closer together. Like there was too much space in between. I'm smelling a tiny bit of Pitocin. Tiny bit of Pitocin. You're right. <laughs> and honestly, that was like exactly what I needed. It just like kicked them into gear and then it was happening and then my nurse that I had, she had the most amazing nurse. She was incredible. Wow. So you had a great doctor who you never met before and a great nurse. I felt so lucky. So I a really great hospital a experience. Great experience. Wow. Okay. Um, and just to be clear, it didn't sound like you hated the hospital from the beginning. It just sounded like for birth, you were wanting a more intimate experience, less clinical, less random people around. It's not like you were anti-hospital. You were just like, that's not my first choice. Yeah. I, I mean, there is totally a time and a place for the hospital, you know, all the, the medicines and everything that they use there. I'm t- definitely not against it. But yeah, as you said, it's not my first choice. I much prefer a more intimate, natural route. But at the end of the day, it's like, I just wanted my baby to arrive healthy and safe. And it is for sure a part of the plan. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So, you get a little Pitocin. Things kick into gear finally, that second gear that you were looking for. Things kick into gear. I'm pushing. And can you feel I, the pushing? Yeah. It's the same thing. I could feel the pressure. Oh. And I'll tell you what was helpful is it was helpful that I'd also labored without the epidural because I knew where to push the energy into like you have to push into your butt basically which doesn't feel quite not, right not intuitive yeah not what you want to be doing but that's where you're meant to push the pressure mm-hmm. 
So well, the baby does kind of back out first and then come forward. So yeah. You have to push back first. Exactly. So I was doing that, even though I couldn't entirely feel it, that's where I was directing my pushing energy. Mm. So I was doing that. I was pushing with my nurse and then my doctor came in. He saw me go through a surge and he was like, okay, like this baby is coming. Like your pushing is looking great. He checked me. He could feel baby's head, but he could also feel that she had her hand up. Oh, my no. <laughs> Now you have the trifecta Another of, thing. of blockages here. At this point, is the cervical lip gone? Yes. Is the baby rotated into a better position? No. no. So posterior, skull against your spine, and hand up by the face. Yeah. yeah. Dreaming. Okay. I was like, great. <laughs> All right. Just quickly, two thoughts that pop through my head. One is, what position are you in while you're pushing here? I was on my back at this point. with my Back, knees. like legs up. Stir very classic kind of hospital okay. position and then my other question was along the way did anybody like think that you were going to end up in a cesarean birth no one mentioned the word c-section okay so you never felt like this wasn't going to be vaginal no and i knew that if this like pushing stage went on too long that they would bring that up bring it up yeah and i really didn't want to because i felt like i could do it so I was just putting everything that I had into that pushing. Like, I was just like, I'm getting this baby out of me, like through my vagina. <laughs> yeah. So if the baby's by the head, is there any practical advice with that? The doctor was amazing. He basically, while I was pushing, he was able to get in there and he basically just like sort of swiped her hand down from her face to her chest. Oh. So her head was able to just come out on its own. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So he just maneuvered her a little. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that totally helped because then her head started coming out and I could feel it. Feel it and with I, your body or feel it with your hand? Feel it with my body. I didn't feel with my hand. I was holding my knees at that point. Did they bring the mirror? I had the mirror until the doctor arrived because then it was obstructurally awkward. But I actually liked having the mirror there. It helped because I could see things happening. Yeah. Yeah, it helped me. The visual but, is important. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, once I felt her head coming out, it was strange. It was like, oh, the sensation, but it, the sensation kept going. I was like, oh, my God, that's her head. And everyone was excited around me and starting to cry. And I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. I could barely believe that it was happening myself because I've been going through it for so long. And then her head came out and then the doctor told me to stop and they used some oil on you to Try help to avoid her. tearing. Exactly. And then her little body, just like one more push. And then she just came out. Oh my God. It was the most emotional thing. The nurse was crying. My midwife, my mom, Aaron, me, I was bawling. There's the most ugly cry photos of me when oh, she came out. I can't wait to see those. They're not cute. Like, I, who cares? <laughs> it's not a cute moment. It's, no, it's not. There's nothing cute about it. Oh. It was so emotional. Oh my gosh. I just, I can feel it right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Oh, you worked hard for this one. Yeah, I know. And you know what? The entire time, the baby's heart rate stayed around the 140s. Oh, like, strong like mama. I know. I was like this strong, patient baby. 
she wasn't distressed. And I think that's why we stayed at home as long as we did. Is like the baby was fine. Absolutely mm -hmm. fine. You made a prediction on size. You said 7.2. Yes. And I remember you said bigger. I said eight. <laughs> she was six pounds, 14 ounces. Dang. I know. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, I'm having a larger baby than I'd like to. Oh, thank God you didn't. <laughs> I mean... I know, I know that okay. I was wrong. Wow, that's interesting because I've been doing this for almost 20 years and I never get the gender right. And <laughs> I don't really get the size right either. You're so intuitive. Yeah, I, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just guess in a quick moment, uh, I would ask two questions. One is, how is the postpartum? We started this and you were just feeding your baby. How's breastfeeding going? How old is the baby now? She's on day nine of life. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Breastfeeding has been great, honestly. She latched really quickly in the hospital. I went through a couple of days, like day three and four, like my nipples are definitely sore. My midwife also happens to be a lactation consultant. Mm. Oh, yeah. She's huge in lactation. So nice because she helped me with any issues. She was like, send me photos. I'd send her the close-ups of my nipples and all the things, and she'd give me all the tips and helped me a lot. But yeah, breastfeeding has been great. Feeding on demand. She eats a lot. She's a happy baby. She's already like seven pounds, eight ounces. Oh, wow. Still not my predicted birth weight, but <laughs> still. She's <laughs> getting up there. So my final two questions. One is, what, if anything, did you learn about you, about your partner, about life from the experience? Um, I am so much stronger than I ever thought I could be. I came out of this whole experience feeling so empowered and just honestly feeling like I could do anything. Like nothing phases me right now. I went through a really intense few days and I saw a side of myself that I didn't know I had. Mm. It's very animalistic. It's yeah. like, it just comes out. You're like this mama bear and you'll do and go through anything to get your baby here. And then same for my husband was just a literal angel. Like I could not love him more. Like having him uh, just as he is, he's such a good human and was there for me and was not grossed out by anything. Like he was down like in the action like wanted to be there just allowed me to fully lean into it and open up and be myself and not feel awkward there was just no shame or judgment or anything like that so it was yeah it was really special definitely it's really beautiful very cool very cool yeah. you said mama bear and it reminded me of when you said koala bear <laughs> in one of our bear. sessions and uh, I was like, oh, koala bear. And you're like, yeah, you, I don't know if you realize this, but they're kind of mean. And, you know, most of them have chlamydia. Yeah. I was like, true. what? Yeah, well, it's cute, but mean. And I was like, wait a second. First of all, I had no idea. Like, not good for tourism. I'm just going to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I was trying to put that trio together because it sounds so familiar. And then I remembered it's all the girls from high school. So cute, but. They could be so mean to me, and I'm sure some of them had chlamydia. I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. I guess the last big old question is maybe too soon, nine days afterwards. Um, <laughs> on round two, would you do anything different? Round two? 
I'm for sure going to go for a home birth again, round two. I'm not scared of the experience. I know it's going to go differently. I think what I'll do differently is, I don't know, maybe I'll just like watch my positioning throughout my pregnancy. Like maybe I was, I don't know. It's funny. We always like to like take the blame on ourselves and her position was her position, but was I sitting too much? Was I slumping too much? Like that comes to my mind. Like maybe I should have done more spinning babies or whatever. I don't know. I really felt like I was doing as much as I could throughout my pregnancy, but no. Yeah, but I- there's like a million things about that. You definitely, from day one, the first time that you, you have the athletic pelvis, you have very strong musculature that was also quite tight. It takes time for babies to push through that, you know, even if you're at 10 centimeters, even if your cervix is open, it just takes time for your baby, a lot more time to push through that than someone who is not strong or not tight or weakened, not tight. Those babies come out you know, easier. If your baby's not 100% lined up with the runway, which clearly at points wasn't, then it's a lot more effort to maneuver through you than somebody else. So, I mean, it's not extremely surprising. The good news I can tell you is this, when I've seen this exact scenario in the past, around two tenths ago, a heck of a lot easier. So I guess you have to have a baby so we can do a follow-up podcast and see if I'm at least right about that. You're going to have to wait a little while. Fine. I give you three months. Um, (laughs) Isabella, you're an amazing person. I just noticed all the mushrooms on whatever it is that you're wearing there. My mushroom Uh, robe. (laughs) Your mushroom robe. And that's a reminder of fun girl mushrooms. You're a mushroom fanatic and eat and live and breathe the medicinal power of mushrooms. And you put them into your cool products. Where can we find you online? You can find me at Fun Girl on Instagram, Facebook. You can find all the mushroom things there. Amazing. Can we find a mushroom robe there? Unfortunately not. Not yet. Nope, not yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the pipeline. See what I did there? Okay, we will find you there online. And if you're looking for us online, where Instagram is going to be Dr. Berlin, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-E-R-L-I-N. But we are literally going live right now with our new streaming platform informed pregnancy plus which you can find at informedpregnancy.tv and this week we're going to do a video version of your birth story the one thing i now can't wait to see is the little pictures of you all weepy tears of joy they're so ugly (laughs) ugly sweater pictures and that is going to be at again informedpregnancy.tv 